Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the State of Florida Sports Podcast, presented by the USA Today Network. Here's your host, Tim Walters. Have you ever wondered where the coin flipped prior to the Super Bowl comes from? Have you ever thought to yourself, why isn't the Super Bowl held on Saturday instead of Sunday? If you've ever thought of anything along those lines, then today's podcast is for you. I have two guests with some great insight. The first is Vince Bobot, the executive vice president of the Highland Mint, where the Super Bowl flip coin is minted. And the second is Frank Ruggieri, a young man who has worked for the past five years to get people to sign his change.org petition to get the Super Bowl moved back a day. Both of them will join me in just a moment. Hello again, everybody. I'm Tim Walters, and thank you once again for joining me on the State of Florida Sports Podcast, powered by the USA Today Network. This podcast utilizes our Florida Sports Network of beat writers, columnists, and some special guests to bring you up to speed on the most important sports topics. Our Florida Network consists of 17 news sites that encompass the state. We encourage you to subscribe to your hometown newspaper, and of course, this podcast to help support the incredible journalism done by our talented staffs. Before we get to Frank Ruggieri and his mission to get the Super Bowl moved back today, we're going to start with Vince Bobot, Executive Vice President of the Highland Mint. Vince, great to talk to you again. Thanks for returning to the podcast. It's great to be here again. Very good. Hey, so the NFC Championship game ended, what, at about 10.15, 10.30 on Sunday night. How soon does the Highland Mint kick into gear and start churning out those Super Bowl flip coins? Well, right after the game, we, uh, we start the presses, the coins start getting minted. And uh, we start shipping out uh, merchandise or the, the coins to the NFL uh, on Monday. Um, actually, the coin for the coin toss, it actually takes three days to get made after the fact. So the soonest that we're going to be shipping that one is going to be on Wednesday. And that's the one with zero, 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 one. Is it four zeros? That's right. Zero, one. Yeah. Coin number one will ship uh, coin number one to 100. Go to the NFL. And so how are those moved to, uh, do, do they go to the offices in New York? Do you ship them out to Las Vegas? Do they go in a vehicle? Uh, do you ship them via like plane or box them up? How does that work? Yeah, well, we ship them to on-field operations, NFL on-field operations, and then they take care of uh, distributing them. So I imagine that by the time the games come on Sunday night, uh, you probably have a, what, like a, a, a cast for the different uh, possibilities so that way, when the game's over, you just go with the with the matchup. It is. is is that how that works? Right. We have all the dies ready because the die is a spec- it's sculpted uh, by an artist first. So we have everything ready ahead of time, and the dies are cut uh, usually the week before. Once we know the the four possibilities, and then uh, we we um, destroy the the dies that we don't use and move forward with the right one. And how many coins total did you say they print up? It's a limited edition of 10,000 coins, and the coin is uh, minted uh, just like a 
like real currency. And uh, it's uh, plated. That means it's die struck. And it's plated with silver. It's silver plated. And it has 24 karat gold highlights. And it's the same uh, format that we've used for the 32 years that we've been minting the Super Bowl flip coin. And so how long does it take to complete the process of 10,000 coins? Well, uh, we, we just start and uh, we, we just mint throughout the week. Um, it's uh, really the the minting portion of it is pretty fast. It's the silver plating and the gold plating that uh, and the selective gold plating that takes time. It's a special process. So, you know, the, the office you're in is surrounded by so many different types of memorabilia and things that the Highland Mint creates. D- does minting the coin kind of take everything or are you able to still create all of the other things you make? Like, what's it like at the Highland Mint for the, the week or the two weeks following the NFC and AFC championship games? Well, for sure, the Super Bowl or NFL uh, takes uh, priority over everything when it comes to that Monday. We basically, like that day like today, we try to set everything else aside so we could take care of, uh, get, at least get this off the ground. Because there's a huge demand when you when you consider the amount of people that are watching the Super Bowl, watching the amount of NFL fans. Uh, it's not just it's not just a, a the teams that are in there. It's everybody's watching the Super Bowl, whether your team's in it or not. So there's always an affinity for these types of products, whether it's our frame products, whether it's our flip coin um, and uh, it being in Las Vegas for the first time. It's a first. So there's uh, a lot of demand for the products. Well, you know, this is a rematch of a, a coin that you guys essentially minted four years ago, Super Bowl 54, which was the special 100th uh, anniversary of the NFL coin. Do you find that this has... Uh, you know, even more demand? Will it sell out quicker? You know, having the 49ers and Chiefs uh, help the popularity of it? You know, what's it like, depending on the teams that are in it? Well, it it makes a big difference. Uh, But uh, the, for instance, you know, the Chiefs fans, they have a a huge collection going right now. (laughs) So, because they've been in it for the past, uh, what, four years, four times in the past five years. And uh, so they keep it going. Uh, but also there are two great fan bases and uh, whether they they won last year or not, it doesn't make much of a difference. But the biggest thing when it comes to the flip coin, uh, we find that there's a lot of uh, non-team fans that are buying this type that, are, that want the flip coin. Again, it's part of the game. It's something that's being used um, on the field. So it's something that you could own and you know, we make sure that uh, when we take orders, for instance, we're taking orders this week, that the fans will get theirs probably early next week uh, or right or before the game so that uh, they could use it for festivities uh, before their own Super Bowl parties. All right. Did you realize that this is also the fourth year in a row that Brevard County actually has a player from one of its high schools in the Super Bowl? No, I didn't realize that. Which player is it? Uh, this year on the Kansas City Chiefs, it's Jawan Taylor, who played for the Cocoa High Tigers. And last year, his cousin, uh, who is uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, was on the Eagles when they played. And then the year before that, we had Jamel Dean, who plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the year before that, we had, uh, or I might be getting those two reversed, but we had JVN Hawkins, who was a backup running back on the Rams. He went to Astronaut High. So uh, Brevard County represented in the Super Bowl very well. 
Yeah, it seems there's a, uh, a great talent pool of uh, football players here in Brevard. And for those who are listening to this and who might be near uh, the Brevard County area, if you're in the state of Florida, uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson's mother has a restaurant in uh, Rockledge, Florida, and the chicken wings are worth trying. So, Vince, if you're ever down in Rockledge off of Barton Boulevard, you got to give the uh, King's Grill a try because that, that's owned by uh, an NFL player's mother. Uh, that's uh, and I like chick- I love chicken wings, so I got to make my way there. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So the the Highland Mint they've been making the flip coin since uh, the Super Bowl on January thirtieth, nineteen ninety four, which was when Dallas faced Buffalo. This is going to be the thirty first year that the Highland Mint has a coin being flipped at the Super Bowl. How how did the Highland Mint come into getting the ability to be the one that makes the coin for the Super Bowl? Well, originally, uh, the uh, company that had the the license to mint the Super Bowl coin was a company called Balfour. Uh, they used to do you might know them by the class rings that they made, and uh, but they didn't they weren't a mint, so they came to us to mint the coin. Uh, we happened to be an NFL licensee as well, and at one point, uh, the NFL said asked us to take over. Uh, and be the official licensee. Uh, although we were already minting it the year prior, they wanted us to start to continue to, to mint it from there on. And so we've been a licensee of the NFL now for over 30 years. And um, so it's a great honor. It's a, it's an honor to be part of something so big and something that's seen worldwide. And uh, something that uh, you know, it's uh, it's become such a big part of the opening ceremony. It's amazing the uh, the interest uh, that it gets and the, uh, the the television, the viewership that it gets, and um, it, it, to be part of all that is something special. Do you know uh, which has come up more, heads or tails? Uh, I think it's been fifty-fifty. I, I, I looked at it last year, but it was, it was very close. So. Yeah, there's too many factors. Uh, people have always ask me, is it weighted on one side? Is one side heavier than the other? But, you know, this depends what grass it's going to fall on, how it's flipped. <laughs> so uh, who's flipping it? So uh, there's really, uh, I, I think it's just a 50. It's a great bet that's 50-50. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been pretty close over the course of time. Tails leads 30 to 27 and Highland Mint coins have turned up tails 18 times and heads 12 times yet. Heads has the longest streak. There was a time in the two, early 2000s where heads came up five years in a row. So there's some useless information you can share with people. That's terrific. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, as you mentioned, the, the coin toss, it's perhaps the biggest prop bet when it comes to the Super Bowl. What do you think of the fact that the side a coin lands on can swing millions, if not billions, of dollars wagered? No, oh, it's uh, it's funny. I was in Las Vegas just last week and uh, saw that there was a bet on the coin, and you know I see it all the time. But then I knew about it. But when you see it up on the on the board, it's really something interesting. And you know, little do you know, is you're the one that's minting the coin, and you know, then it's on the field and. Next thing you know, it's in the Hall of Fame. So it's really a, it's really neat to be part of all that. I've always wanted to be in the Hall of Fame somehow. Well, I guess that's how you get into the Big Football Hall of Fame, right? Is to have the coin that you minted or your company minted is in there. Have you ever gone up to uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame at Canton to visit your coins? 
Yes, actually, uh, we used to uh, I, we go there uh, every year. They're we're they're big partners of ours. We uh, create a lot of products for them, and um, I was uh, lucky enough to make it uh, at Hall of Fame induction. I was there uh, for Brett Favre and took a walk through the hall and saw our coin on display, our coins on display. So it was really uh, it was neat to be in there again. Yeah, I'm curious, you know, because I've, I've not been up there. Do they have all of the number one coins in one area or are they split apart where the different Super Bowl displays are? Like, how does that work? So every year it changes. Um, they have a at one point they had all the coins out. Uh, and another time they had a coin. It was there was a Super Bowl display and it had a jersey, a player's jersey, the coin, uh, all sorts of artifacts from the game. So I don't know what they're, where it is right now, but it seems like they always have at least one coin showing. Oh, very cool. So, you know, uh, there's one thing I asked you a couple of years ago, and it's it's one of the most, I would say, uh, I guess, shocking answers I've ever received. So I got to ask you again for people who might not have heard this. Prior to the Highland Mint taking over making the flip coin, what were referees using to flip before the game? Well, that's a that's a question that nobody really knows the answer to. <laughs> so I think there were some coins that were made uh, maybe a year or two prior, but nobody really knows. They can't put the, their finger on it. It could have been a uh, from what I'm told, uh, you know, it could have been a, it was a quarter or a silver dollar, whatever they had in their pocket. And uh, I think that's where uh, the NFL decided to make it official. And uh, it really gained traction. Not only did they make it official for the Super Bowl, which is special. Now we make it for every single, every game. So there's no dispute uh, what's heads, what's tails. And uh, it makes each game special. So it's conceivable that the head referee was just reaching in his pocket and pulling out whatever piece of change he might have had? From what I understand, that is correct. Oh, that is hilarious. Well, uh, you know, uh, one other question before we get some information about how people can get the coins. You know, coming up after you, uh, uh, the second guest on my podcast today, he's a young man that, that lives not too far from where the Highland Mint is there in Melbourne. He's in Palm Bay. His name's Frank Ruggieri, and he has 150,000 signatures on a Change.org petition. He wants the Super Bowl moved back from Sunday to Saturday because of all the lost work productivity on Monday and other things, you know, being laid on a Sunday. Is that something you can get behind yeah uh-huh. i would love for that to happen you know when i can't even go to my own super bowl party on sunday because i have to come to work right after <laughs> or i can't stay up <laughs> well there you go you add one more signature to the change.org petition well vince if people want to buy this year's super bowl coin or any other memorabilia because like i said you guys make so many really cool things there at the highland mint where do they go mention your website social media channels and all of that yeah, so whether you want the Super Bowl coin or anything else that we make, we're licensed by all the leagues, uh, NFL, NHL, MLB, uh, NBA. Uh, you can call us at 888-560-2727. So that's 888-560-2727. Or uh, you could go to uh, our website, thehighlandmint.com, and uh, you'll see all the products that we offer. Already, and is there anything else you would like to tell the audience? No, that's it's a pleasure to to, to be here. I'm very uh, proud as a Brevardian uh, to uh, say that uh, the coin is made here, 
And, uh, you know, there's rockets that go up here and the coin is made over here. How special is that? Yeah, and in fact, we should mention that the day that our Florida Today slash USA Today photographer is taking a photo of that coin, there is a rocket launch going up about 90 minutes later. So you just can't beat it here on the Space Coast. We have guys playing in the Super Bowl, the coins minted here, rockets launching, change.org petitions. It's all here in Brevard County, Vince. That's right. There you go. How can you beat that? No, you absolutely can't. Well, I appreciate you being here, and I look forward to talking to you again next year. Oh, you got a dog in the fight. You going for the Niners or the Chiefs? Uh, either one is going to be strong for us, so I'm not going to pick my, my – unfortunately, my Dallas Cowboys aren't in it, so <laughs> that's my dog. And <laughs> well, maybe so, Maybe someday you'll get at least your first coin with the Highland Mint for the Super Bowls with the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe you get another one at some point. Yeah, there you go. All right, Vince, thanks again, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you, Tim. I'm now joined by Frank Ruggieri, who has been working for the past five years to collect tens of thousands of signatures via Change.org petitioning to get the NFL to change the Super Bowl from Sunday to Saturday. So let's hear how that's going nowadays. Frank, thanks for returning to the podcast. Thank you for having me back on. Absolutely. So let's start with your petition. I think last time I saw it, you were just under 150,000 signatures or so. Uh, Has it grown from there? And why are you so passionate about getting this done? I'm very passionate because I know as a viewer, as a consumer of football, because I've been to plenty of games the last couple couple months. I went to the Buffalo game against Dallas. So I'm very passionate about the game as well. So, uh, you know, we had talked about this last time I talked to you and you were trying to get, you know, people from the NFL to acknowledge you. Have you still gotten anybody from their offices or anybody at all who has uh, talked to you about this or acknowledged your petition? Actually, I've had a few newscasters and a few, uh, uh, you know, NFL players in the past, which was a couple of few, like four years ago. There was a call from our school when I was in high school, uh, a guy named Latavius Murray. He was kind of on board about it, but as I remember, was, that was a very long time ago. Yeah, Latavius Murray, the running back in the NFL who's uh, been on a few different teams. And I believe, uh, you know, we weren't able to confirm it, but didn't we see uh, someone who's become, uh, you know, one of the biggest Miami Dolphins on that list? Yeah, Tyree Kill, hopefully. <laughs> So, you know, again, tell me some reasons about why you're doing this. I know I had read some of them in the past, but why don't you explain to the audience who maybe who hasn't heard uh, why you think the Super Bowl needs to not be on Saturday or Sunday, but be on Saturday? Uh, Because there's 26.2 million people on this type of work and the economic impact is very important for people that have to work the next morning or even have to have prior plans or some sort It'll bring the viewership up in some sort because I've there is 40 like you know there's 90 million people that watch the game each year and up 40 million tune out so after the first half so yeah. there would be more economic impact for viewership if everyone's both watching the first half and the second half. Yeah, and you know, I I imagine the way you're talking, you, you it would seem like there would be a lot of businesses, CEOs, management types who would love what you're talking about. Do you ever get hear from any of those people who are saying, "Yes, please help my business yes. where my employees aren't yeah, coming to work"? Yeah, 
I have actually my boss, my big boss at Texas Roadhouse, the CEO, Jerry Morgan, on board actually as we speak. He actually called me a couple of years ago and said, "Let's. I want this on Saturday. I want it for my for my staff and for our staff at Texas Roadhouse Incorporated." And uh, so, did did you get to meet him in person? Did he call you? What was that like to hear from? It was like a, it was it was a kind of like a FaceTime call. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, so you know, some of the things surrounding the Super Bowl. Obviously, we we now have the matchup set. You've got the Chiefs, you've got the 49ers, and, you know, that's a Western market, and the Chiefs, I believe they're an hour different from Florida, so that's not too bad. But, you know, it's going to end about 10 o'clock here, maybe 10.30 on the East Coast, so about 9.30 Kansas City time. Of course, much better, much more friendly in California. So what do you say when people out West say, no, no, we, we don't, we, we're okay with it? Uh, you know, we're so East Coast biased. Does that kind of play into it that... uh? You know, it used to be the biggest TV markets were obviously on the East Coast, but also, you know, our our viewing habits have changed. So, you know, there's different streaming opportunities and things like that. So, um, you know, what do you think about when Roger Goodell, who hasn't really addressed this in years, you know, he had said that he thought that, you know, from an audience standpoint, Sunday's still the better night. But do you see it differently now with how people's TV habits have changed? Yes, I have seen some difference because the West Coast, you know, they have a good time difference and uh, their streaming habits have changed the last 10 years, for an example. Have you heard from anyone else famous who's reached out to you aside from, you know, some of the players or maybe somebody from, uh, you know, from the company you work at? Uh, Yes, I have. Uh, I was on Fox News a couple of years ago. A guy named Will Kane is on board with this. Oh, sure. Will Kane, he was uh, an ESPN radio and TV host before he moved over to Fox News. And uh, so, so that's got to be a big endorsement when you get somebody like that. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. And uh, and also a, a guy named uh, Stu Gatz also agrees. Oh, sure. Uh, Stu Gatz famously of the Dan Lebitard show with Stu Gatz down there in Miami. And I know he's also been a big uh, Super Bowl Saturday advocate, so uh, he must have been a big fan. You know, I actually listened to that show, Frankie, because I I think that uh, he stole that from me because I had you on the podcast. I wrote a story about you, and then like a week later, you were on his show. So uh, can I take a little credit for that? Thanks, Tim. Yeah, you get a lot of credit for that, actually. So you've been doing this now since right around the pandemic in 2020. You were 16 in the state of New York. How have things progressed for you since then? You know, you continue to work on it. You continue to do it. So, uh, you know, tell me, take me back to that beginning where the idea came from uh, for you personally, because I doubt you were listening to Stu Gatz at 16 years old. <laughs> Actually, it started out as a uh, a, uh, a dinner t- table conversation over spaghetti in uh, a little town outside of Rochester. And uh, the petition started actually on January 16th, 2020 at a dinner conversation. And it started then. And uh, I got my first interview on WHAM in 13 in Rochester, which just exploded into this uh, going viral stuff. And I was just going crazy. 
So do you think that you would uh, ever, instead of petitioning the NFL, maybe petition the government to make the Monday after the Super Bowl a holiday? Personally, that wouldn't work because it's a really pain to the neck to even get Congress, the president. It's a lot longer process. It, for this, at least it, get, it gives us more of a chance, you know, than Monday morning is a pain in the neck to do the next morning. Yeah, that's true. Although you may have a better chance of getting a hold of the president of the United States than you do getting a hold of Roger Goodell. <laughs> uh, we, have to, we have to think about that. But. <laughs> well, you know, maybe if someday you decide, okay, well, maybe the NFL is not going to listen to me. I wonder if you would take this on as a cause, you see, because like the Super Bowl, yeah, it starts at 630, maybe a little bit later. It's It's over by about 1030. But when you look at what college football does, they hold their championship on a Monday night at like 8.30 at night. You know, uh, maybe we should be petitioning them to move that game to a Saturday because that's when most other college football games are played. So uh, would you ever consider doing Or maybe you could have two causes. That would be a good idea, but I wouldn't put on for it, though. I would definitely sign the petition, though, if whoever did. Ah, okay, so if you're out there listening and, and you want to take up a cause... There you go. You could uh, you could take on college football. Because it. Frankie's going to stick with the NFL, right? Yeah, more of a national football guy, league type guy, because the NFL is a big organization, and I've been a Rams fan for probably the longest time in my whole life, and I've heard a lot about football throughout my household for probably twenty years since I was born. So, if you're a Rams fan, would that mean you're gonna uh, root for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl because they're, uh, you know, one of their rivals is the 49ers? Or how do you see the Super Bowl? Actually, my cousin's a 49ers fan, so we have to see about that. I ra- I'd rather root for the Chiefs. All right, gonna gonna stick uh, rooting against your cousin and his rival. I like it. No family ties here. Right. <laughs> So what does the future hold for you, Frank? Uh, what, what do you plan on doing going forward? What are some things? I mean, uh, you know, do you have like a, aside from the change.org, do you have a website based for this or do you have any other way people can get in touch with you if they wanted to help out or if they wanted to interview you or if they wanted to, uh, you know, help get you out there even further? You can always go via email or you can go via uh, my social media platforms on Twitter, X, what they call it now. Or you can go to my change.org petition. What would people search for if they want to sign your change.org petition? It's at change.org slash Frank Ruggieri. And it will show up Super Bowl 459 change to Saturday. And next year's Super Bowl is in New Orleans. So that would show right. up New Orleans stuff. And it seems to me like it would be better to have a Super Bowl in New Orleans on a Saturday. Because that city basically going to be shut down on Monday if they don't. But... Frankie, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I hope you can be successful in this. But boy, it, you know, the NFL is, is so hard to even get to acknowledge things like this. But uh, hey, best of luck to you. Is there anything else you want to say to the audience? I do, actually. Uh, if you have a plan, stick to the plan. And also, it's where I came from, it's not hurt to ask for anything. So True words couldn't have been spoken. You don't know unless you ask. Yes, sir. Alrighty, Frankie. Well, I appreciate you coming on and uh, best of luck to you and continue to keep us updated. And I know I'm behind you. I would love to uh, have Sunday to take it easy after watching the Super Bowl on a Saturday. So Frank Ruggieri, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon.
You too, Timber. Timber, have a good day. And that will do it for another episode of the State of Florida Sports Podcast. I'm Tim Walters, and to quote NFL broadcasting and coaching legend John Madden, one of the biggest gaps in sports is the difference between the winning and losing teams of the Super Bowl. They don't invite the losing team to the White House. They don't have parades for them. They don't throw confetti on them. No, they don't. Thanks for listening, and join me again next time. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.